This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. What is up, my sinners? Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told. So nice to have you. As I record this, I am sitting in an Airbnb in Toronto, looking out into a very snowy landscape. Winter is here. And I gotta say, as much as it's nice to have snow for Christmas, I, God, I totally was walking down this little pathway over here by this Airbnb, and I totally slipped. Like, probably a lot of you guys maybe have never even seen snow or lived in cold weather, but there's something that happens when you're walking on ice, and all of a sudden your feet slip from underneath you, and you see both your feet in the air, and you know you're totally fucked. Um, Yeah, so I ate shit pretty hard this morning. Um, But hey, uh, I had a great night last night. Man, I played my first ever show under the name River Oaks, at the Danforth Music Hall in Toronto, opening for a bunch of metal and hardcore punk bands. So that was cool. But it was really, really fun. I want to thank everybody that came out to Stay Warm Festival this weekend. It was such a success. And if you missed it, of course, River Oaks, I'm coming to Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, Cleveland, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and also New York City. That runs between the 26th and the 30th of this month. So please get your tickets. We got VIP and regular, riveroaksmusic.com. I'll be playing tons of Silverstein songs, some covers, and of course, all the River Oaks songs that I have. It's going to be a good time. And now for the real big news that pertains to this podcast. We have finally launched the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. And I got to say, the reaction has been so incredible already. We already have over 100 people have signed up for this. We already have over $1,500 a month coming in with subscriptions. I got to say, last Wednesday when we put it up and I was just refreshing the page and seeing these numbers go up and up, it really warmed my heart. I'm not trying to be facetious or anything here. I'm, I'm serious. I... 
it really, really did make me feel good to know that so many people, not only do they truly love the show and love what I do, but they're also willing to contribute and help this thing grow. You know, we have the finances to do this now. I mean, I already have to do a lead singer syndrome tour because we already got to a goal that I didn't think we would get to for months. So it's so, so awesome. And another thing we're doing, we've got this Facebook group set up for the all access club. And already we have all the members on there talking to each other. I'm on there. We're discussing everything, music, sports, We're talking about some of the episodes we're doing. People are already complaining that this podcast isn't up yet. (laughs) It really is just a great vibe on there. So please, if you dig the show, if you want to support this thing, please check out the All Access Club. Anyway, this week we have a great episode. I talked to my friend Maddie Arsenault of A Loss for Words, a great Boston pop punk band who they never really got that big and I'm sure if you're listening and you're from the East Coast, especially Massachusetts, you're like, what are you talking about? The band's huge. Well, they never really graduated out of that area. So it's a super interesting story. And what's more interesting is if you listen to my podcast with Lynn from Paris a few weeks ago, you would know that Maddie from A Lost for Words is their manager. So now he's going into the management side of things after now uh, slowing things down with A Lost for Words. They have a record coming out, but they're no longer a band. So it really is a cool story, and hearing his perspective on everything is really rad. Before we get into that, as always, I love to hear from you guys. If you've got any feedback about the show, you can email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. We're on all the social networks, at leadsingersyndrome on Instagram, at leadsingersyn, S-Y-N, on Twitter. And of course, Facebook, it's starting to become a bigger and bigger thing. So please find us on Facebook, like the page. And I will see you on there. So let's jump in. I actually recorded this with Maddie on U.S. Election Day. So the beginning is a little bit weird now, looking back in hindsight. But I do think it's kind of funny, the headspace we were in at that point versus where we are now. Take whatever you want from that. Anyways, here it is. My conversation with Mr. Maddie Arsenal of A Loss for Words. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Dude, never better. Just uh, did, a little, did a little bit of voting. You just did your voting? Yes. Congratulations. Uh, yep. Are you are you comfortable with telling the people? This is recording already, by the way. Are you comfortable yeah. with telling the people uh, which way you you uh, voted? Absolutely. I went. Uh, I went for Hillary Clinton. Nice work. Um, I don't think that either choice was you know necessarily my favorite. Yeah. Um, but I am, you know, pretty, pretty open about being anti, um, you know, racist, homophobic, sure. you know, anything in, in that category. And I just feel like Donald Trump definitely uh, doesn't do it for me as a as a human and what he stands for. Um, yeah, but yeah. with that said, I don't think that Hillary is the best president of all time. Well, so that's 
You can't oh. say that yet. I mean, you know, that's the thing. Other thing too is like a lot of people are kind of quick to judge her. You know, um, really when she hasn't done anything yet. You know, so I don't know. I, I think I think she she could be all right. I mean, she's she's definitely got the experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely one thing that also helps out is that she has the experience. Um, but like like I said, I mean, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a hater of Hillary Clinton of all, of, like by all means, but. I'm just not, you know, like when I voted for Obama, I was like, hell yeah, right. Obama, like let's right. do this, and and you know, so so that's that. Yeah, there's my there's my political views for the day. There we go. Well, um, my political view for the night is I'm going to a hockey game, so uh, I'm not going to be watching CNN or anything like that. I'm going to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs play the LA Kings. So that is my that, fuck you to Paul. That is a great that is a great game. Fan being from Boston. But, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be a great game to watch for sure. Absolutely. It's funny, you know, um, I was thinking about the game and everything, uh, and then I was going to talk to you. And I remember one of the first conversations we had, if not the very first, um, you basically said to me, are you, so you're from Canada, are you a hockey fan? I go, yeah. He goes, are you a Bruins fan? I go, absolutely not a Bruins fan. He goes, oh, that's too bad, man. That's too bad. I'm like, dude, uh, well... I'm from Toronto. What do you want from me? And then we started talking about the epic uh, collapse that my Toronto Maple Leafs had against your Boston Bruins. The game was like, I don't remember. I think the Leafs were winning like 4-1. And with 10 minutes left, the Bruins came back in, uh, and won like you know, uh, uh, 5-4. And you, I remember you saying to me, oh man, that game was so awesome. I'm thinking to myself, fuck you, man. It wasn't awesome. It was awesome for you, maybe. Yeah, actually, I, I just went with my buddy from Florida. Um, we just He went to his first hockey game. We went to, I took him to the Bruins first, um, the Canadians. Um, okay. And, yeah, that, that was awesome. We ended up losing, but uh, it's good to see, see some original six teams. Oh, that's a great – I mean, that's a great rivalry. That's uh, – you know, they always talk about the Leafs and the, and the Habs having a rivalry, but I think at this point – Bruins Habs is a way bigger rivalry, so. So the begin, the begin. But that's funny. No, I was like, I was like, who's this fucking guy telling me like, I have to like the Bruins? And I was like, I was kind of pissed, <laughs> actually, the first time we met. <laughs> but we've been friends. Uh, we've been friends now for a few years. Um, how's it going today, man? It's good, dude. Um, I just, I was in. Um, I just helped Brian from uh, Paris, the band that I work with, uh, move down to Nashville this weekend. Oh yeah, and then. I flew back and met up with Lindsay in New York uh, yesterday for some meetings, and then I flew back to Boston this morning to come back and vote. Uh, gonna have dinner with my with my my mom and my sister, and then I'm off to the state champ, sleeping with sirens tonight, a live tour tonight in Boston, there you and go. then uh, wow, yeah, gonna wrap those dudes and end up in New York for a week. Cool. No, you're a busy dude, and it's um it's funny how you bring up uh, Paris right away, which is a uh, a band that you I, I originally thought you were just tour managing the band but you're actually their full-on manager and that band is got some serious heat right now and they have for a while um how did you get how did you get into managing well managing bands period but but managing paris yeah i mean well it's actually a really funny story me and lynn were up last night we had we had like a you know a, a few drinks and just kind of were just you know eating some tostitos and <laughs> and salsa and just chatting about life um and, and it's really funny and 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 I kind of believe in, in like just like karma and things happening for a reason. Um, and they were recording in my best friend's studio. I was working on some solo R&B stuff. 
um, for fun. And, class and, of 92? Yeah, class yeah, of 92. I want to talk correct. about that later too, but go on. Yeah, yeah. So just some stuff I just had fun with, and I was just going to finish up a song, and Brian, Alex, and Lindsay were in the studio, and they were all like probably 17 years old at the time. Right. 16, 16 17, somewhere in there. And I just heard them, like, like their music, and I was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> these kids are amazing. And, 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 like, my best friend, who you know, who's my roommate now, um, he was just like, dude, you, you got to help these guys. And I was just like, you know what? I think I can. Like, I know, like, Dave Shapiro and, like, Rise and all them, everybody would be stoked on this. Like, you know, like, pretty much people that were backing us. So I, I, I like, made, made some calls and sent some emails, and some people kind of ignored me. Sure. Um, not ignoring me, but didn't, you know, like, oh, I don't really know. And then, you know, finally Dave Shapiro and, and Sean at Rise were like, you know, Maddie, like, if you really believe in this, like, we're, we're going to give it a try. Like, we believe in you. Um, and I, I never thought I'd be a manager. Never went to school. Like, yeah. it, it just, uh, you know, after being in a band for 15 years, I just had a lot of connections and, um, you know, knew a lot about, the, you know, knew enough about the in- industry. And I just really loved them. And they became my best friends. And Lindsay played guitar for us for three tours. When she was 18, filmed her for our band, and we kind of showed her the ropes. We took Paris on their on one of their first tours, um, and and I just I love them. They're my best friends, and 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 I'm so proud and and just happy to be part of a, a, be part of this whole team. That's so cool, man, and and that's a great story, and and yeah, it's that's that's cool. I can re- totally relate to that too. There's always been bands I've seen, you know, and 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 I've been like, man, this is so talented. Like, what can I do to help this band? And that's why I started a record label. Uh, which is yeah, it's faded away a little bit now, but but that's really cool. Not only were you able to believe in something, but actually have you know these kids basically like be living their dream right now. You know, that's a, yeah. an amazing like power that you gave. You know, you were able to give to someone. Yeah, I think I think one thing I take pride in me and Lindsay were discussing is just more of like and 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 really, I love the fact that they have like the you know the, the kind of like the punk mentality of just how to treat people and, you know, always, you know, shaking hands and, you know, doing the extra, trying to do the signings, all the like extra signings and, you know, just being nice to the kids yeah. and you know what I mean? And, 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 and they're just really, really good kids. And, I, and that's the thing that makes me the most proud of them. You know, uh, they're great musicians and they're great performers, but they're just great, great fucking people. And I, I, I love, you know, having them associated with my name and I love my name being associated with them. It's, it's, you know, pleasure just just being you know part of their their team and 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 them looking up to me and and me looking up to them as well and and it's just been really fun growing with them um, as you know them as a band and me as a manager it's just been been a, a great experience. No, absolutely, I, I I love the story so much and it's funny, man, to me because it's not like I'm, I'm trying to say this without sounding insulting. You know, your band a loss for words. Um, you guys never really popped off. You know what I mean? You guys never yep. had the type of hype. Or success, for that matter, that that Paris already has. Um, you know, oh, you guys absolutely. never went and sold out the House of Blues. You know, well, maybe in Boston, but you know what I mean. You guys never did um, that kind of stuff. So, is it kind of cool for you now, being a part of this this you know machine that's like got all the success that you never really were able to capture after like fifteen years of trying? Yeah, and, and you know what? It's it's really funny you say that. I mean, yeah, like a lost words. You know, in Boston, you know, we did really well. Um, but you know, as far as everywhere else, you know, in America, you know, anywhere between you know sixty to two hundred kids. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you know, in other countries, about the same. You know, Japan, we did better and stuff. But no, I mean, I, I, I also throughout the years, like being with you know, like the one to years and four years strong and set your goals. Like 
we've got to experience a lot of cool things. Like I've always felt part of every tour that I've been on really. Um, but just watching them grow to me has been such a beautiful thing because I do feel like part of the band. Like I, like you said, you thought I was a tour manager, but I'm just a manager and you know, I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back because I'm a different kind of person, but how many managers do you know that go on the, on, on tour of their band for the first record cycle? You know what I mean? Like, sure. and you know what I mean? I, I just really fucking, I'm, I'm so fucking passionate about what they stand for, their music, them as people. Like it, it just, it, and it was, you know, seeing them sell at all their shows, you know, for the most part, except, you know, minus two on their first headline tours, I was like fucking so proud. I, I, like I felt part of it. Like I got excited just as, as much as them every of night, like you being, did, in, yeah. you know, being in the huddle, like, all right, you guys ready? Let's fucking do this. You know, hands up. You know what I mean? Like get out there and do it and just watching them play. Like I, I can honestly say I watched every show, whether it's from side stage or front of house or whatever. It's, it's, it's awesome. Like that, that's my fucking family. Well, it's a cool story. Uh, you know, you being here now doing that and, and you having a, a full career, you know, with a loss for words, uh, a band that I'm sure some people listening to this might not even be very familiar with. Um, so I kind of want to go back. I mean, you guys started in, I believe it was like the year 2000. Obviously you were a young guy, yeah. uh, in this scene, um, in, you know, Boston, in the Boston hardcore punk scene. Um, I'm, I'm really interested, you know, growing up in Toronto, we had a great, scene at that time here i'm kind of interested in what the hardcore punk scene was like uh in you know in new england uh back in those days how you were a part of it and and you know what your whole take on it was so i mean it's actually it's a pretty crazy story so it kind of started off as i got into you know like more of like saves the days um newfound glories uh, all that stuff because we we grew up with a band called Junction Eighteen, who's one of the like the original Fearless Records band. I remember that band. Yeah, I think uh, I knew their drummer pretty well. He was uh, he then he yeah, was Chris. in Bass Idol for a little while after that. Yeah. Yep, Jim. That was Jim. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Jim. I forgot um, his name. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's crazy because I, I was kind of like more into hip hop um, in that world because I never had anybody expose me to like punk rock and hardcore. And then some kid I worked at a pizza shop with, this kid Chris Ranahan kind of gave me a CD book of it, and I, I listened to, like, Lagwagon, No Use for Name, you know, Newfound Glory, Saves the Day, like, all these all these cool bands, um, and just started getting into it, and I, I, I met this dude, uh, Michael Gabriel, who, who was my neighbor years before, um, and he was he was a, a very um, respected dude in the hardcore scene, uh, you know, a big dude, uh, definitely could take care of his shit, um, <laughs> and he passed away in, in 2004, right as I started going to hardcore shows with him, you know, going to see, you know, I mean, basically like from like, so there was a, there's a point where I was going to like Bane, you know, Hope Conspiracy, Suicide File, American Nightmare, those shows. But then I got more into like the, um, you know, started going into like Death for Dishonor, Ramallah, um, Death Threat, Hunter Demons, you know, sure. that, that world. And when he passed away, I became really close with, with, with this dude, um, Colin Campbell. He's a, he, he's a singer of a band called Colin of Arabia. Um, kind of like an infamous punk band from, from our area. And yeah, man, I, I, the, the, just the feelings that I felt going to those shows, um, as someone who, you, you know what I mean? Just like, just the, the sense of belonging, um, right. that I, that I felt and just, you know, all the, all these bands took me under their wing and, and we signed our, our, our first EP came out in 2005, like our first real EP on, on a label called rock Vegas, but it was all, all hardcore bands. Um, like alpha and omega, um, you know, Alcatraz, Con of Arabia, Cutthroat, Sher Khan. I like we yeah, were the so, only pop so, punk. 
pop punk band on that label. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that happened, you know, because I I know you guys have a, of a as a pop punk band, but like you know, even like you know, looking up a couple things about your band, refreshing my memory, you know, even the picture on your Wikipedia page, like, is you wearing a Blood for Blood shirt? You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's that's hilarious. I think it. I think it is. Yeah, uh, there's uh, some photo I saw wearing a Blood for Blood shirt, which obviously that's a pretty legendary uh, Boston hardcore band right there. You know, I guess, like, I just kind of wonder how, like, you know, asking the question about the scene, like, was it, were people really um, open-minded musically? Because I, I think about all those Boston bands you mentioned, hardcore bands, I don't think about, I don't really remember a lot of pop-punk bands, uh, you know, in that era. Where, did you guys, were you guys accepted or were you kind of the odd men out? We, we, no, we were very accepted, man. I mean, and I think it had a lot to do with, um, we were very social people and we were real, man. Like, you know, me, Mikey, and Marky especially we, we were we were best friends like you know we, we grew up together um and then our drummer at the time was in a hardcore band called Vanier and hookers um you know who you know who played a bunch of hardcore shows but i think it was more of they like we didn't have many bands to play with in our genre and we played shows and we were just real we didn't try to be tough we didn't try to do anything yeah. we were just like yo you know thank you guys for you know for for paying attention you know like you know we fucking love you know this scene and this community and you know, thank you guys for like, you know, respecting us and giving us your time. And I think kids really knew that we were just real and we weren't trying to be anything different. And it kind of like became uh, like a cool thing. Like everybody really like started coming to all of our shows and whether it was like a, a rock show or a punk show or whatever, like we, we kind of, we kind of created like our own thing. I don't, I don't even know how to really describe it. Like we, we could play with like the guns up, the shipwrecks, have heart, um, like, you know, on broken wings, death before dishonor. <laughs> You know, yeah, we it's crazy man. We, our our city release show is with Ramallah and Bury Your Dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it, and it, it it just it made sense to us. But I guess from you know from for like you or anybody that didn't grow up in the scene, it kind of is like whoa, what, like what? But it it felt normal and comfortable for us. Well, you, you, know, know, you know what I mean? You know, the scene where I grew up in the Toronto suburbs actually was completely like that. And it's funny I have a similar story because I was in a punk band. We were more like a skate punk band rather than a, a pop punk band, but. It was the same thing. We would play with all these, you know, hardcore metalcore bands, uh, you know, and it didn't really matter at that point. Like everybody loved, you know, punk rock and punk rock meant all of those things, you know, and I think now it's changed to where that doesn't happen as much, uh, you know, but it is really of the time, I think, you know, in the early 2000s when that was that was just the way it was. Um, The. What kind of venues were these early shows in? Like, were you talking about, were they in real venues, like in bars, or were they more like VFW hall kind of places? Yes, I mean, the, the shows, like the, like the real, like, you know, the, the more, like, hardcore, you know, shows, like, I'm talking, like, you know, like, <laughs> some real-ass fucking hardcore shows, dude. Like, yeah. uh, we were playing in this place called Brockton on Interville Street called Romans, you know what yeah. I mean? And it, it, was, it was a very infamous, it was an infamous place, you know what I mean? Like, it was, a, it was actually a very, very dangerous neighborhood, and... Um, my cousin still owns a bar actually right next to that place, but you know what I mean? It's one of those things when you told your parents, they're like, what, like, what do you, what do you mean you're going to Interville street? You're like, <laughs> no, no, it's cool. Like everybody's going and they're like, kind of like, you know, be safe. You know, and, you know what I mean? Just a lot of, a lot of crazy shit going on. But yeah, it was kind of like a, like a 300 cap room upstairs of this, like, you know, bar on like this, you know, pretty crazy street. Um, you know, we had some awesome shows there from like 2004, probably to like 2008, um, at the same time, there's a place that you probably even played called the ICC Church. Um, uh, yeah, Austin. we did play there, yeah. Um, but yeah, they were doing a lot of shows. Uh, we did a lot of our shows 
Um, and then that's kind of when we started like bridging out from the hardcore scene, but still played the hardcore shows. But you know, then like us and therefore I am and Vanna, um, you know, a bunch of the bands that like you know Four Year Strong, we kind of started. You know, that was kind of our spot to have like the bigger you know pop punk and and, and rock shows. Cool. Um, but so- yeah, r- basically Romans and Brockton and uh, ICC and, and Austin uh, were, were kind of like our, our main go to spots. So when it started popping off for you guys, uh, which which record was it, or or which release that you put out? Did you did you really notice things starting to pop off for you guys? And how come how come it seemed to be so, you know, Boston or, or Massachusetts uh, centric? How, how come you it didn't really seem to work, you know, all over the country? Yeah, I mean, I, I think now looking at it, um, we we never we we never had like a, a plan to like, yo, let's get big, let's dress like this, let's do this. We just kind of fucking love music. We were best friends. We loved playing with each other, like, and not in kind of a sexual way. Though <laughs> we loved playing with each other. No, but um, well, whatever. We really it's like, cool. And, and, and yeah, we, that too. But yeah, we just <laughs> love being around each other. Um, 2005, we released that our first like real EP, um, and that that was when we kind of got big locally in the hardcore scene. We started touring DIY, you know, booking our own tours. Um, so people kind of started taking us more serious. In about 2000. Seven, we took a chance and recorded um, with the same people that did like Four Year Strong in Valencia and Hit the Lights. Yeah, um, and we did it. We we paid for this record ourselves, um, thinking we get we could get a record deal out of it, or whatever. Um, but we we wrote the Kids Can't Lose, um, which really kind of boomed us. Um, and we started like we didn't get any label attention, but we started getting like tours in Japan, Russia, the UK with no record deal. We had literally no record deal. It's wild. We did slam. Slam Dunk in the UK um, with our boy JD from Slam Dunk. He really loved us. Our boy Mizuki who owns Ice Girls in Japan. Um, we, we we did all these tours like on our own, and then Four Year Strong took us under their wing. Set your goals. Wonder Years. They saw how hard we're working, and they were like, kind of like, fuck the politics. Like, no, you guys are opening up our tour. Like, no, we don't give a fuck about that band that you know so and so is trying to push down our throat. Like, we're taking a loss for words. And to me, that always meant so much because. It, it just like no one was giving us a chance, but our friends were like always giving us a chance, which gave us hope. Um, and then it took us 10 years to get our first real record deal when I met Dave Shapiro through the Wonder Years and signed us to Velocity. Yeah. Um, and that, that he, yeah, and, and Dave Shapiro gave us our first real chance. And he, and he's also the person that signed Paris. Yeah. He's also the dude that's, you know, about to sign another band of mine and, and, and work together again. Like, he is my mentor. He's the dude that put me on, and I'm forever grateful for Dave Shapiro, for sure. Yeah. What's this other band? Can you talk about that? Um, not yet? Y- yeah, not yet. Okay. Um, they're, they're, they're an awesome band from the UK. I'll say that. But, yeah, we, we, got, uh, we got some cool stuff going on. It'll probably be announced in, a, in, a, in like, a month month cool. or two. So yeah, no. I'll, I'll yeah, save that one. Okay, save that one. That's that's cool. Uh, people can keep their ears to the ground. Uh, no, Dave Shapiro. I mean, we talk about him on this podcast a fair amount because he pretty much books every band. He books he books Silverstein. Um, yeah, has for a long time, and you know we've known him since he was playing drums in a band called Count the Stars and Count the Stars. Know, Dave sleeping, Shapiro, baby, <laughs> sleeping on my floor. Uh, you know. Uh, when he was on tour, so that's funny. Yeah, Dave Shapiro slept on my floor with Eric Tobin, actually. Uh, Eric Tobin, who, who runs Hopeless one of the Records. So yeah, no, it's it's funny how how small uh, this world can be. Um, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Maddie. But first, I got to tell you once again about Loot Crate. Now, if you've been listening the last couple weeks, you know Loot Crates are sponsor of our show right now. They just sent me the second box. 
it's even better than the first. And these boxes are so beautiful. They're all painted inside. They have all these graphics. And what comes in the box is really what makes it special. And it's cool because, I mean, I'm a geek. I like all this different, you know, pop culture stuff. And the value you get is just tremendous. So if you're on a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles this holiday season, you got to check out Loot Crate. Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. So whether you're shopping for the geek in your life or you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. Every month there's a different theme and new exclusive items you can only get with Loot Crate. Treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. They're always watching. They've designed a system to keep you down. They're meddlesome. Hello, friends. It's time for a revolution. Fight the power and pave the way for a brighter tomorrow with December's Rebellious Crate, featuring exclusive items from Assassin's Creed, Mr. Robot, Firefly, and more, including an exclusive Funko Pop figure, our monthly t-shirt, and pin. Trust me, I have all this stuff. It is awesome. Now, you have until the 19th, which is today, at 9 p.m. Pacific, that's midnight Eastern, to subscribe and get this month's crate. But when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So act right now. For the holiday season, Loot Crate is offering one of the deepest discounts they've ever done. 15% off all Loot Crate subscriptions. So remember, this is basically today only. So act right now. It's getting late. It's getting late in the year. You need a gift for someone? This could be good. So make sure you head over to LootCrate.com slash LeadSinger and enter promo code GIFTING15, that's G-I-F-T-I-N-G-1-5, and you're going to get 15% off any new subscription today. But remember, the cutoff is today at quick. Trust me, Loot Crate is awesome. You do not want to miss it. So, so going back to what you were talking about with, you know, all the friends that you've made and everything. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, you look at a loss for words and how many, you know, guest vocalists you guys had and all this stuff. It really is incredible to me that you guys weren't able to get a record deal. Um, there really was no one knocking on the door or the, just the deals were bad or, or you just, or bad. Um, we weren't really trying. We didn't really know what we were doing, so we didn't really send any music out to people other than we were in our really, really early stages. We just we, we figured we'd wait till people came to us, and, and eventually mm-hmm. it did happen. Um, but yeah, we, we, we were going to sign to this label, Abacus Records, back in the day that Ignite was on, yeah. um, and the label kind of you know folded, but uh, Joey uh, from 6131 uh, Records, like he, he was working for Abacus, and we almost had something cool going there, but then the label fell through, and we just we just had a real tough tough time, but honestly, man, like it, it kind of made us who we are, man. And, and me, Marky, and Mikey, who pretty much you know started the band together, we ended the band together, man. Like we right. we were in a band for almost fifteen years together. Like that's it was insane. Like, and we, we never had one member leave on bad terms. We never right. had to we never had to kick a member out ever. It was just more like, hey, I'm I'm gonna do you know go on to try something different. You know, I can't live in a van anymore. Yeah, you know, and we're like, no, we understand, and you know, we wish you the luck. And our last show, we had every single member play a song oh, that's so sick that's really a yeah really we had cool like thing. like like nine nine or ten different people you got a lot of uh, drummers come don't up you? and fill in uh, we yeah we had four <laughs> different drummers play that show it was funny uh well with you know you bring up all these bands especially massachusetts bands that have had great careers uh to name a few you know you said you even said oh we we're gonna play we're gonna um we're gonna record with the same guy that did like four years strong um you know 
a band like Four Year Strong, was there jealousy on your guys' part? I mean, there must have been some frustration. Never, you never guys, jealousy with Four Year Strong. Never, ever. Maybe cause... not. Maybe not Four Year Strong. Maybe it's a bad example. But with any bands that you were like, man, this, these guys are like from our neck of the woods. We've been doing it longer. I'm a better singer. Maybe I'm a, like we're a better band. We know everybody. Nope. I, I've 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 been raised, and, and I'll I'll give you God's honest truth. I, I've never ever. Um, the only jealousy that I've had has been more in the recent past few years of like the, the bands that are getting bigger now. And I'm like, fuck man. Like, I don't think those bands even really know what the fuck I, I like what I sacrificed right. to do for the scene back in the day. Like, I wish we were still doing this and good love they did, but nope for you strong. Those guys literally helped us out right when they got bigger. They were like, nope, you guys are with us. Yeah. Um, and they were the, they were really the only bigger band from our area. I mean, there was boys like girls, um, but you know, that was a whole different scene of music that we, of course, and, and us and no trigger were kind of the smaller bands. No trigger had a good thing going cause they, you know, they're getting a lot of the punk tours with like, you know, strung outs and, you yeah. know, propagandis and, and, and things like that. But, um, you know, man, no, we, we, we never got jealous. We were always just excited. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like bands like us and fireworks and this time next year, all, swellers, all kind of the bands were kind of like the misfits. You know, we got <laughs> some cool, we got some cool tours and stuff like that, but I think, you know, never, no one ever really, really caught on to us. And, you know, it was upsetting. But, you know, I, I was stoked. We, we put we helped put on bands like Transit. You know, I know State Champs played their first show ever with us. Yeah. Uh, uh, Citizen played their first show ever with us. Uh, the Story So Far played one of their first shows ever with us. Like, it was cool just to watch these bands grow. I mean, and, and you know, I'm going to see State Champs tonight. I'm going to ride on their bus for three days. I fucking love it, man. I, I, I'm fucking proud of all these bands that we helped you know, along the way. And, and I, I, I'm still fans and I support and buy the records and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it too, man. And, um, we should talk about the fact that there is a new lost for words record coming out very yes, soon. We should, yeah. We, we, we should be dropping the first single. Uh, we were going to do it this week, but with election week, we kind of like, you know what? Fuck that. We'll just get lost in you know, the scramble. Yeah. So I think we're going to wait till next week to release, um, you know, the first single. So, you know, I don't know when this list will come up. But yeah, this will be out in a couple of weeks. So by the time this comes out, definitely uh, that song will be out. Uh, tell yes. people about the song. Um, it's so this record's it's it's definitely um, there's some more like punky, edgier songs. Um, we're stoked. We have one of your Canadian brothers. Uh, we have a uh, Andrew from Comeback Kids sing on one of our tracks, nice. um, which is cool. But yeah, there's like some more like fuck the industry. Um, a little bit of like, you know, uh, frustration that we let out. Um, sure. you know, there's some like super happy, like, you know, we're going to miss these times. We love our friends. Like this has been an awesome experience type songs. There's some relationship songs where like, I can't get over you type thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you still think of me type shit? You know what I mean? It, it's <laughs> yeah. it's definitely, it, it's, it's a, it's a diverse record overall, but I mean, it's, it's definitely a little more mature, you know, for us. And, and we sing about more adult things and kind of like, it's kind of more of just like uh, how about all of our struggles, you know what I mean, over yeah. the years, really. Well, the record, when you guys wrote the record, were you still a band, or did you know when you were making the record that this was this was coming to an end? Yeah, so the, the problem was, and I'll, and I'll take responsibility, I'm sorry, Mikey and Marky, I'm sure you'll listen to this at some point, that I, I was just so busy with Paris. We, we were doing the record off and on for the last like two years, trying to get it out for the last show, but it just never really worked out and I would do two songs here and then a song here and it just was really really difficult to 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 balance both and everybody had the shit going on so it wasn't just me so that's why like nobody got too mad it was just it's yeah. kind of a frustrating experience um cuz this will be our 10th record um wow and 
you know, I mean, including EPs and splits as well, but like a 10th, you know, actual, you know, release. Um, sure. And we just wanted, we didn't want to just waste it. So we're like, you know what, fuck it. Like, let's, let's wrap it up and, and get it out. And we're going to try to release it around the same day as our last show last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just, we're just excited to put the music out. I mean, we're doing it more for us and for our friends. Um, you know, we're not expecting, you know what I mean? To sell to have a fucking platinum record or anything. Right. Uh, you know, and, and rise records is, was good enough to put it out for us. And, and we're thankful for Sean, Craig and Matt, um, and everything they, they, they've done for us over the years. And cool. yeah, man, we're just, we're just going to have some fun, put out some music and hope people can, can, uh, can dig it. Definitely. Well, I always think it's rad when a band puts out a record and they don't, there's no agenda. You know what I mean? You guys aren't trying to get rich. You're not trying to support some tour you're doing or anything. Like literally you're just putting out this music because you love it. So whenever that happens, I think it's, it's super cool. And it's really cool of Rise to do it knowing that, you know, like you said, it, this record's definitely not going platinum. No. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I think they're doing it more of, they, they really respected how hard we worked and, you know, how much effort we put into it. And I think they just like us as people. Um, you know, we've never had any arguments with Rise. We've never had any bad blood. Everything's been real, really cool. Um, and obviously, you know, me working with them with Paris. Yeah. You know, I think it's just like I kind of, um, I kind of keep it. They're they're kind of like my main um, label that I work with. You know, Dave's my main agent that I work with. It's kind of it's kind of just a little family. And and, I, mm. and I, I'm I'm really thankful. You know, and I tell them all the time, and I hope they they know how thankful I am. You know that you know that they have our our, our back, and and it's it's. We're, we're, we're thankful to, to release this record, our last record on, on, on Rise One More Time. That's awesome. No, it's the same family I'm a part of, and they're, they're good people. So uh, talking about the end of the band, uh, how, how did it really unfold Like that you guys decided it, it's time to stop this? Like, I mean, you know, when you're in a band for so long, you know, and you, you it's like it starts to be like all you know, you know? Yeah, and, no, and I mean, I think... Uh, I think we got, a, like you just said, I think we got a, kind of got addicted to, to, to being in a band. I think it was our scapegoat and, and, and it was our way to, to run away right. from, from everything that we have going on. Um, and at one point in time, we just realized, like, we have no money. We're, like, in our late 20s, early 30s. Um, like, this is kind of scary. Um, and I remember, I remember one point, my guitar player, Marky, one of my best friends, um, I, I remember we're like, yeah, when 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 one of us wants to, to to finish this, let's just let's end it. And I remember like it was going through a tough time. We had different people filling in for different people after our guitar player Nevada got married after Warped Tour 2012, and it just kind of got like this super hard. And we were just touring with the same bands. Like we could only get the same tours that our friends would would give us. And yeah, it, it just it just we just kind of started feeling weird about it. And then one time, Marky just like, yo. I just got this cool job opportunity, man. I, I think it's my time. And I go, and we kind of like got a little, like a little fucking teary eyed and we kind of like, damn, like this is, this is it, homie. Like, let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's, let's fucking, let's tell the boys. And, and, um, so Marky couldn't go on the tour with us last minute. We had to have one of our friends fill in and, and I broke the news to Chris and Mikey in Europe. I remember it was in Germany. We were on tour of state champs, um, and this band Rome and told them and it was, it was tough. And it was more of like, let's do one last record cycle. And fucking, you know, let's do a world tour and let's wrap it up. And that's what we did. And, and we, we went out, the, I think, the coolest way we could. We, as best friends, played all the countries, Japan, Europe, fucking UK, um, you know, America. Like, we, we, we did it all and yeah. did our last show, sold out the downstairs Palladium, you know, December 27th last year. And 
I don't think I would have done it any other way. And, and we're all still best friends and, you know, we all talk and hang out as much as we can. It's, it's great. No, that's, that's a cool story and a very cool way to, to close the chapter. Um, you know, but with, with the chap, with the, the book sort of being reopened slightly with the new record, is there any chance of you guys doing, uh, any more live shows at all or any, like, you know, even like a trip to Japan, if, if someone's willing to pay to bring you guys over there, would you do it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's funny you said it because it was probably my first time saying this, and I mean, like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not one to to really lie. So, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about it, and I definitely think that we would do, um, you know, we'd definitely do Japan again with Mizuki. He's one of our best friends. Um, you, you know, I think there's definitely we'd, we'd maybe do Slam Dunk again. I think we'd do a very like very light stuff for fun. You know, we didn't break up on bad terms. We retired. We always yep. said that. I mean, yep. so I won't feel like we're we're like. You know, oh, you said you, were, you know, blah blah blah. I'm gonna be like, well, fuck you. It's my best friends. <laughs> you know, right. don't come to the show then if you want to be there. But you know, I think that you know we'd maybe if if we ever need to do a benefit show for someone, we definitely would come back out if if we if if cool. you know someone was in need. Um, yeah, but we're we're in a rush. There's definitely no plans. But I mean, we've talked about it. We know that we definitely we miss playing, and we definitely would do something. We're just gonna make sure that it's a a cool thing and something that we're excited about. Do you miss? Um... Do you miss performing? Do you miss being on stage? And do you miss singing? I mean, you're you're a great singer. I mean, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I def I definitely do. Um, and and I just started talking to one of my friends who's in a hardcore band that I won't mention, but we might we might try to do a little project together. Um, he has some cool music written. It's kind of like Jimmy World accepting stuff. So we might try to mess around a little bit. Cool. Um, I still sing some like hooks on like some hip hop tracks for some of my, <laughs> my friends in the hip hop world, just to kind of yeah, just to kind of have some fun with that. I do like. And I always do like little guest vocals, you know, with friends, bands, you know, here and there. But I mean, yeah, I, I miss it. But, uh, you know, it's it's I, I had my fun. You know what I mean? I, I feel like I did it all. Um, and it, I don't want to, like, you know, beat the dead horse. You know what I mean? Absolutely. When are you opening up uh, your pizza shop in Japan? I mean, honestly, man, I, if everything goes well in the next few years and I can get the money and, and get the, the financial backing, I would love to do a 2019 as the you know the the Olympics are in 2020, sure. But um, no, I, I, it's something I really really want to do, and it, it's 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 going to take a lot to, to to make it happen. But I, I just I feel like a barcade pizza spot in Japan. Oh, man, that would be sick. Would yeah, just, no, I'm just be I, so much fun. You didn't tell me about that. It was a, a I have a mutual friend that uh, <laughs> that was like, yeah, my friend's talking about opening a pizza shop in Japan. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Like, and I was in Japan last. Uh, yeah, just a couple months ago, and I'm thinking to myself, looking around, like, there's really not a lot of pizza options, and everyone <laughs> likes pizza. Yeah, it's a great I idea. Mean, and then I was I'm, like, I'm glad, I'm glad you saw that. Yeah, and then and then I'm like, you know, so that I ask, uh, I asked them like, who is it? It's like, oh, uh, you know, Maddie lost her words. I'm like, oh fuck, there you go, <laughs> a man, an entrepreneur, this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've I've just always loved like barcade stuff, and they don't really have anything like that. I'd like to do like the Simpsons, you know, X Men. Mortal Kombat, um, that type of oh, stuff. Yeah. And then do pizza. And they don't really have many vegan options out there, too. Um, no, from some of my friends. It's brutal. I had, I, I had one of my buddies that was out there from Morrissey when I was just out there. I was on tour with my friends in a band called Zababa out in, um, in Japan. And yeah, like he just couldn't, like even the ramens have like fish like oil and stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So like I was like, cool, if I have some like vegan pizza options and, you know, do some like American style pizza, like I think. You know, I think the Japanese, you know, culture, especially all my friends in the punk rocker scene, would really like be like excited about it. Like, I think they'd really have a have a good time with, 
you know, with an American style pizza place. And yeah, and craft beer is starting to get pretty big, you know, in uh, Japan as well. So that would be, that's a great idea. I hope nobody steals it when they hear this podcast. Well, if they do, then then you can have my back and we can fucking take care of the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Boston style. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Tough motherfuckers out there. Oh, man. Um, Jeez. What else, man? Um, I'm kind of at the end of my questions here. Yeah, I I talk really fast. I probably got I probably went went through it a little a little faster than most people. I think you've done a couple interviews before. Yeah, yeah, I've done. A, I, I, it's actually been a while. That's how I was excited. That's why I was like, I want to fucking do one. Absolutely, <laughs> like, man. I miss this shit. Um, so, what else is going on in the world of Maddie Arsenault? Obviously, Paris is going to be really busy. Uh, what's coming up next for them? Um, so basically, right now uh, we're in the studio doing a record. Uh, so you know that'll be released next year. We still, you know, still working on a few things. So I don't want to give any dates away or sure, anything sure, just in sure. case things change, but. Yeah, just you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of touring next year. You know, some different different festivals and you know different different tours. I, I, we got a really exciting, some really exciting plans. Uh, the music's phenomenal that I've heard so far. Like, I, I'm so stoked and proud, and they really put a lot of work in. Lindsay's, you know, super on top of all the you know, the imagery and video yeah. ideas, and she, I'm just really proud of her. She's she's been really putting herself out there and putting long hours in and getting sure. it done and. Yeah, so we got that going on, and you know, just uh, get this Lost Words record out. Um, gonna go out to I think um, I know, like I think Comeback Kid's playing this show, but basically, Hundred Demons, Comeback Kid, a few bands are playing a, a benefit show out in California in December called For the Kids. Cool. Um, one of my one of my buddies um, does a benefit show in Cali to to, ra- to raise toys for you know kids that are less fortunate around the holidays. So I, I I fly out there every year and support that. Great. Um, well, definitely, people should check that out but, if they're if they're out in California. That sounds like a a really great thing. Yeah, it's called called for the children. For definitely the children. check that out. Cool. One hundred demons, booking. man. What a band. Oh, this so, so good. I, no, I'm, I'm I'm stoked on that. The lineup's great. Cruel Hands on it. Nice. Um, backtrack. Yeah, it'll be it'll be be a great show. Um, so get my ass out there for that. Yeah. You know, just chill with the family around the holidays. I don't. I've been gone so much over the last ten years of my life. It's it's, sure. it's a rarity, but I, I really am trying to enjoy the time that I get to to be home and kind of catch up with the family that I you know I've, I've missed out on a lot of uh, I know that's, a lot of things over the that's years. That's the thing, you know? man. Like you guys, like you and I, it's like we miss everyone's birthday. You know, we miss every special occasion. You know, um, for years, and it, it does kind of wear on you. So that's a beautiful thing. I got to ask you when you're um, now that you're managing, you know, Paris, and you, you know you're still like a part of their band. You're still even on tour with them a lot. Is it hard to like? step away and not give them advice like from as a you know as a musician like try to you know exert your own creativity is it hard to like sometimes bite your tongue i ne i never well i never get involved as far as like writing or anything like that goes i mean i I totally let them do the thing but i think they come to me more for advice when it's certain things or I know when they're like super like burnt out, I kind of give them motivation. Like, Hey guys, like I know, sure. you know, we've been on the road for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm, I'm exhausted too. I'm not going to lie. I've been doing this for a while, but like, I, just remember, you know, like these kids, it's all about them. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's like, we're fucking, we're blessed to be doing what we're doing. And they're, they just get, I, I just remind them how amazing it is. And they're like, you're right. And then they just fucking, they're, they're, they get their second wind and keep going. Cause yep. I mean, they've been touring since they were 18 years old. I mean, they're, they're you know they've that's it's kind of 
you know what I mean? It's, it's tough. It's hard to explain to people, but it changes your life. You, you grow up faster than your friends. Sure, um, absolutely. You miss things and it, and it kind of, it kind of, you know, it, it gave me anxiety over the years and, and, and definitely put some demons in my head as far as like, I, I'm kind of get paranoid about different, you know, friendships and relationships. And you know what I mean? If people forgot about me or if people think that I don't care because I'm not always there, you know what I mean? And it, it, it it's tough, you know, for young kids to, get on the road and really dedicate your life to something that you love and, and really hope that people understand because it's not a hot, it's not a hobby. And it's sometimes it's tough, it's tough for the, your families to be like, why don't you just take that time off? And it's like, well, this is our job and, and, and we can, unfortunately, um, yeah. it, it gets really, it gets really difficult and it definitely wears on both the family and, you know, and yourselves. And you know, you know, you know, that you know how that goes for sure. sure. Was that hard for you when you, when you quit, you know, you play the show with December 27th, I think you said the date was, yeah, and you pack up your shit, and you just had this amazing experience, probably very emotional, um, and you're just like, okay, like, there's no tours planned. Like, I'm just gonna go sit in my apartment forever. Is that is is there ever, like I'm never, you know? It's like you it, it was different for me because I, I was going to Paris at the time, so I guess oh right, it, it was it was easier for me to transition into it because I still had this dream going, like. Yeah. Now I had my my new company, Reclaim Music Group. Like I had it going. I had Paris, my babies, like my best friends. Like I'm still on the road. And honestly, it still it it didn't even really. It still hasn't really hit me. Sometimes <laughs> I think I'm just like, damn, like it's it's weird. Like it, but like it, it's you know what I mean. It it's just like still. I've never like had like a breakdown. I've been like, damn, like this is it's over. Kind of yeah. just I don't I don't know. I didn't really think about it too much and and it's 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 hard to explain you're still living vicariously through paris is pretty much (laughs) the the real the real answer i think think that's that's my fix that's like which is pretty which is pretty rad and and i love my that's my nicotine patch right there well i love i'm so great to have you i love this whole story about having this whole career and finding this band and now basically transitioning you know now into your whatever you probably like about 30 um, you know, in your thirties, uh, you know, becoming a, a music manager that actually gets it because that's another thing. There are so many bad managers. I mean, absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with them. Ugh. Um, it's just, it, it's tough, man. And, and I, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm the, I'm the best manager when it comes to like, you know, the, the books of things, but I, I get it in my heart is in the right fucking place. And, there you and go. that's, that's right. that I think is such a, it's more important. Like, most important you know, I'm not, thing. I'm not out there trying to be like, I'm the most college educated book smart person, but I, I fucking, I put my passion into everything and I, I, I'm a genuine person and I, I really, everything I say, I fucking truly mean. And, you know, put, most people that know me, even though I'm a little, I can be a little crazy at times. They, they know that I, I fucking, <laughs> I mean everything I say and, and I would do anything for anybody. You know, I would take the shit off my back to make sure everybody else is happy around me. Absolutely, man. Well, Hey, Maddie, thank you so much, man, for your time. Great talking, great catching up, and uh, all the best with uh, New Lost Words record, and of course the great career that Paris is is, is about to have is already having. So I, I love to hear all about that. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for having me, man, and, uh, and definitely enjoy the hockey game tonight. Hopefully, we'll uh, hopefully we'll cross paths soon. Absolutely, Matty. Thank you, man. All right, later, brother. So there's my chat with Matty. Nobody steal his pizza idea. It's a good idea. Japan needs pizza and craft beer. <laughs> it's always good to talk to Maddie. It's great to see him doing so well on the management side of things. And definitely check out the new Lost for Words stuff. As always, I'm going to leave you with some music. 
And today I'm actually going to play two Lost for Words songs. I'm going to play you first Distance, which features Lynn of Paris. And after that's over, I'll leave you with a brand new Lost for Words song, the one he was talking about. It's called I Feel an Army in My Fist, and it features the great Andrew Newfold, my friend Goose, of Comeback Kid. The new Lost for Words record comes out on December 27th. It's called Crises. Thanks again so much for listening to this, and we'll see you next week. Peace and love.
Thanks again. I almost forgot to give you the link for the All Access Club so you can check it out. It is patreon.com slash all access. So I'm going to spell that out for you. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash all access. So please, if you got six bucks a month, it really, really does help this thing grow. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. And one more super cheap plug. I almost forgot. First of all, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you guys have a great holiday with friends, family, all your loved ones. That's awesome. Now, look, it's the 19th right now. I got to admit something. I haven't bought anything yet. I have not bought any Christmas presents. So I'm going to be using my own Amazon affiliate link when I shop online. And you should really use it, too. Basically, if you want to help out the show, anything you buy on Amazon, we get 4 to 6% of it. All you got to do is use our Amazon affiliate link. Now, how it works is you go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. takes you right to the Amazon homepage. You won't even know what happened. You log in as normal. And again, anything you buy, we get 4 to 6%. So this time of year, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening to this are going to be doing shopping on Amazon last minute. Get that prime shipping. I know how it is. I'm going to be doing it as well. So please, if you can use that affiliate link, it really would throw us another bone. Just a little thing, another another little thing to help keep the lights on. So thank you very much. Again, that link is leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Have a great holiday. Merry Christmas. I will see you next week on Boxing Day. Peace and love.